0: Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stellamaris in Timonium, Maryland. Before we begin to study today's Gospel passage in detail, we may try to clear up one difficulty which meets the student of the Gospels. There was clearly some uncertainty in the mind of the Gospel writers as to where this incident actually happened. That uncertainty is reflected in the differences between the three Gospels. In the King James Version, Matthew says that this happened in the country of the Gergesenes. Mark and Luke say that it happened in the country of the Gadarenes. There is even very considerable differences between different manuscripts of each Gospel. In the Revised Standard Version, which follows the best manuscripts, and which makes use of the most up-to-date scholarship, Matthew places the incident in the country of the Gadarenes. Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the country of the Gerasenes. The difficulty is that no one has ever really succeeded in identifying this place beyond doubt. Gerasa can certainly be right for the only Jerasa of which we have any information was 36 miles inland, south of the lake. In Gilead, and it is certain that Jesus did not voyage inland 36 miles. Gadara is almost certainly right, because Gadara is 6 miles inland from the shores of the lake and would be very natural for the town burying place and the town grazing places some distances outside of town. Gergesa is very likely due to the conjecture of Origen, a great third century Alexandrian scholar. He knew that Jarasa was impossible, he doubted that Gadara was possible, and he actually knew of a village called Jerges- Jergesa, which is on the eastern shores of the lake. And so he conjectured that Jergesa was the must be the place. The differences are simply due to the fact that those who copied the manuscripts did not know Palestine very well, to be sure where this incident actually happened. The miracle confronts us with the idea of demon possession, which is so common in the Gospels. The ancient world believed unquestionably and intensely in evil spirits. The air was so full of these spirits that it was not even possible to insert into it the point of a needle without coming against one. Some said that it was seven and a half million of them, There were 10,000 of them on a man's right hand and 10,000 on his left, and all were waiting to work men harm. They lived in ancient places and unclean places, such as tombs, and places where no cleansing water was to be found. They lived in the desert where their howling could be heard. We still speak of a howling desert. They were especially dangerous to the lonely traveler, to the woman in childbirth, to the newly married bride and bridegroom, to children who were out after dark, and to voyagers by night. They were especially dangerous in the middle midday heat and between sunset and sunrise. The male demons were called Shedim, and the female Lilian after Lilith, The female demons had long hair and were especially dangerous to children. That is why children had their guardian angels. As to the origin of the demons, different views were held. Some held that they had been there since the beginning of the world. Some held that they were spirits of wicked malignant people who had died and who even after their death still carried on their evil work. Most commonly of all were connected, they were connected with the strange old story in Genesis chapter six, verses one to eight. That story tells how the sinning angels came to earth and seduced mortal women. The demons were held to the descendants of the children produced by that evil union. In these demons, to these demons, all illness was ascribed and they, held, held to the, held, they were held to be responsible not only for diseases like epilepsy and mental illness, but also physical illness. The Egyptians held that the body had 36 different parts and that every one of them could be occupied by a demon. One of their favorite ways of gaining an entry into a man's body was to look behind him while he ate and so settle on his food. It may be fantastic to us, but the ancient peoples believed implicitly in demons. If a man gained the idea that he was possessed by a demon, he would easily go on to produce all the symptoms of a demon possession. He could genuinely convince himself that there was a demon inside him. To this day, anyone can think himself into having a pain or into the idea that he is ill. That could happen even more easily in days when there were uh, was much of what we could call superstition and when men's knowledge was much more primitive than it is now. Even if there was no such thing as demons, a man could be cured only by the assumption that for him at least, The demons were the most real of all things. That's our message for today. I hope you all have a great day and may God bless you.